prayed said, Lord, be with us on this trip. Help us out. Uh, touch everybody around us and lead us to our destination. But nobody in Christianity has the particulars worked out of what God's going to do or how he's going to fulfill the dream that he's put in your heart. One of the things that the pilgrims had on the Mayfair was called a great iron screw. They were going to use this tool to build their homes when they got to America. And some of the sailors, the men who worked on the ship, says that we can't have this tool on the boat. It's way too heavy. And they wanted to toss it out. The pilgrims held their ground. They worked with the men on the boat, and they kept it. None of them knew that this tool would be used to fix the beam that broke on the Mayfire as it was taken in water during the storm. They got the beam. They fixed it, they fixed it up there, and water quit coming in. Who would have thought God would use something like that on their journey? Then they finally get to the Americas when they landed um, in Plymouth, and they lost half of their people. They never dreamed of losing half of their people in their first time there. But who would have thought that God would send someone from the Wapanon tribe named Samsuset? He came in the spring, and he just decided to walk into the village and said, Hello there. I'm from the Wapanon tribe. I've seen you struggling. And through that initial relationship, the tribes and the pilgrims got together, and the tribes showed them how to grow food from the land, draw resources from the land. They showed them how to hunt. They showed them how to fish. And they really helped them out develop their community. It got so good, and they worked so well together that in the autumn of 1621, the settlers and the tribes came together, and they had a three-day feast. And in this feast, they both, in their own ways, gave thanksgiving for all the blessings that were bestowed upon them. Funny thing is, both of them were struggling. The pilgrims were struggling because they were starving and needed food and water, and they didn't know how to live off the land. The Native Americans were struggling because they had infighting among themselves, and this particular tribe was dwindling, and they were dying. They had sickness and disease that many thought came with them from um, uh, Holland and stuff, and they didn't know how to deal with it. So this, this man comes in, he makes a friendship. Their friendship grows and it lasts. And on three days, they look out and they see all the blessings of God, or what the, the Indians may consider the blessings of nature all around them. And they gave thanks together for the good of man in a common way. They both gave thanks. But they both needed each other to accomplish the things that was in their heart. You know, we need friends. If we're going to live out dreams and do what we is in our hearts to do, we need to have friends. And friends have a way to help us out in hard times, to help us get to our next destination. In the sermon text this morning, with all these wild words that was used, we have two men who were buddies. Now, King Saul was king. Saul sinned against God. God sent the prophet says, I'm going to take your kingdom from you because you're not following me and serving me. God found a man named David who was out keeping the sheep singing songs to God who was a very young man. He says, I'm going to make him king. Saul's son, Jonathan, went and got David and said, I want you to come to our house because I think my dad is going mad. And if you play him some songs, I think his mind will get right. Jonathan and David become best buds. David began to grow. He won many military exports. People really loved David. They wanted to be around him. And Saul began to diminish. And Saul didn't like it. So he said, i got to kill this young man. But 
going to be attacked. So the emperor decided one day, hey, if one of us should die in battle, if something must go wrong in our lives and we pass away, would the other one take care of our children? They had made a covenant to do such a thing. Turns out that Saul and Jonathan died in war. And David was hurt to hear that his friend had died. David eventually became king. He didn't know how it was going to work out. He could have killed Saul many times, but he said, no, I'm going to put this in God's hand and allow God to do what he wants to do for me to be king. Those two pass away. David becomes king. The nation is now settled, and the nation is at peace, and the nation begins to prosper under the leadership of David. So David's sitting around one day. He asked some of Saul's servants, he said, is there anybody out there in the house of Saul that I might bless for the sake of my friend Jonathan? They said, well, we know about one of these servants named Ziba. He might know something, king. Send me Ziba. Ziba comes to King David and he says, is there anybody in the house of Saul that I might show the kindness for my friend Jonathan's sake? Is there somebody that I can touch and I can bless? And uh, Ziba says, yeah. And here's why I'm going to get the name wrong. Jonathan has yet one son named Meshibetheth. Meshibetheth is way down the road, but surely you don't want him. David the king says, go send for him. I want to talk to him. And the Bible says, when he came to the king, the first thing he done was he bowed before him and says, why are you seeking out somebody like me? I'm a do-nothing. I'm a nobody. I'm a dog. And David said, stand up. He said, Meshibetheth, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to restore all the land that your grandfather lost. All the land that your dad lost, I'm going to restore it unto you. I'm going to restore your good name. I know you're out there and nobody likes you and wants to be around you and they talk bad about you. But I'm going to restore your good name, young man. I'm going to help you out and I'm going to bless you. He said, not only am I going to bless you, I'm going to bless your son. Your son is going to get restored everything that he lost uh, as a result of what happened to you back in the old days. I'm going to restore it all. And then I'm going to bless your servant, Ziba. All these blessings are going to come upon you, because of the promise I made to my friend. I want to honor that promise to you. He says, Ziba, you and all your family are going to till the ground for his son. Not only that, but you're going to glean from what you till, and you're going to take care of you and your family. All three were blessed. Meshubatheth, his son, and his servants. All got blessed by King David because of his friendship with Jonathan. But I'm kind of mad at the guy who wrote this scripture because he says two times Meshubatheth was lame. He had a kink in the system. He had a kink in the body. Let's just call it a curse. You see, he was kicked out of the kingdom because he was lame. He couldn't take care of himself. He couldn't take care of his son. He couldn't take care of his family. He could not be restored what he lost because of this king that he had. He walked with a limp. And this joker had to tell the scripture twice. He walked with a limp and he's lame. Why do you keep saying this man walked with a limp and is lame? Why 
Bible. Why mention the curse or the limb? I suspect we all have a limb in our lives. We all have something that's worked contrary against us, right? Always something brought up to us that we've done wrong or we did wrong or something happened. And maybe on Thanksgiving Day, as you're looking out and seeing the banquet of God and how He's blessed your family and touched your family, maybe there's somebody in the family that says, No, you walk with a limp. You walk with the curse. Don't you remember what you've done to me, so-and-so? Don't you remember the fragment in our family because of what you've done? You walk with a limp. And as you're trying to give God thanks for what He's done in your life and all of His blessings, somebody has to bring up the limp in your own life and kind of ruin your Thanksgiving Day. But this morning, I don't want to ruin your Thanksgiving day of your time and your family because everybody has a limp. Everybody, in a sense, has a curse. Let's start with the pilgrims. You think they didn't walk with a limp? You ought to obey the king. Everybody likes that scripture in Romans. Obey the king, listen to the king, and if you don't obey the king, you're not a god. That's a pretty big limp. Pretty big limp when they come to America and they're accused of giving the Native American all the sicknesses
difference is David made no judgment on Mephibosheth. He just brought him into the house and blessed him. But God does make a judgment on us. The judgment went to the cross when Jesus died for us. He made the judgment on our behalf. So when we come to him, he says, don't worry. I've taken up the limb. I've taken up that curse. You don't have to worry about it no more. And nobody can throw it in your face. Be ye thankful and honor and worship me. And I hope on Thanksgiving Day when you go, realize the blessings of God on your life. The blessings of God in the life of your family. It's not because of you. It's not because of what you've done. It's because of the King of glory. Because you're at His banquet table. And because you've accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Because you love Him and serve Him and follow Him. He passes that blessing on to your family whether they serve Him or not. Ziba and them, they lost everything. Meshippah's sons lost everything. He lost everything. But not because he done, not because his grandpa did wrong. He fell off a horse and was cursed. So it doesn't matter if you didn't do wrong or if you've done wrong. To the king of kings and lord of lords, that does not matter because he took the judgment on our behalf. And as a result of that, you and I are blessed. You know, we can live always in that round and pool of the past where you're always hurting, you're always down, you're always out. We can live there. But we can take that spot there and say, you know, that did hurt, man. You're right. You're right, sons. I may not have treated you just right. You're right. I might have made a wrong decision in our lives as a family. I might have directed this wrong. That's a lift I have to live with. But you know what? Now I had a boy overseas. I had boys everywhere. And all Angie wanted was her family to be together. That's all she wanted. She just wanted to have her family together. We're on the run all over the place. Lo and behold, I don't know how it worked out. I wasn't worried about stuff like that. But now she's got family. All of her boys are here. They're all here. One in Inglewood, one in Lock and Grin, and one in New Lebanon. That's all she asked for. But we had a limp. We had a curse. We had things we were going through. But God blessed us, not because of anything other than Jesus Christ standing in the gap for us. So you are blessed this morning. God has blessed you, and on Thanksgiving Day, you should be so thankful of everything that's going around you. Your family's safe, they're secure, they have jobs. Things are okay. Let it bring it up. Acknowledge it. But all you got to say is, I sit at the back of the table of the master. And today, we will eat good because there is a king who died for us. This is what Meshavadeth done at the king's table with David. This is what his son done. This is what Ziba's family did. They lived off the goodness of David because Meshavadeth went and bowed to the king. It makes sense to me. That those of us who accept Jesus Christ, we sit at that big banquet table and we are blessed. And that blessing flows to our families, flows right to their hearts, shows whether they recognize it, acknowledge it or not, because of what Christ done for us.
this Thanksgiving week, I hope that you are truly thankful for what God has done for you in Jesus Christ and give him thanks for the family and friends that you have around you on this special day. Amen. Let us pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I come to you now in Jesus' name. Thank you for Thanksgiving week. Thank you that even though we all walk with some kind of limp, that people want to hold against us, we want to hold against ourselves, whether we've done it or not, whether it was our fault or not, we're at the banquet table of the King today. And all judgment has been put on Him, and He's a friend above all friends, and He'll be with us no matter what. He's our King, and He's our Lord, and we rely and we trust in Him this week. We ask You, Lord, to bless us this week. Bless our families this week. Bless those who are hurting this week. Give us traveling mercies, Lord. Those who are sick right now and maybe having operations this week or tests or anything that's going on in their life, we pray for healing in their body. We pray you touch them, Lord, and that you bless them because all judgment was put on you. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to hear this prayer and to thank you for being such a good, kind, and gracious God. And thank you for those men and women who set sail to come over here. Thank you for the tribe that come and help us grow and they work together for the common good of mankind. We give you praise for that, Lord. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I want to ask you to stand with me this morning for the benediction. I would like... I'm sorry, I can't hold on to the benediction. Oh, would you stand with me this morning for the benediction? This is called the Sacrament of Thanksgiving. And it's a, it's a scotch long, but I think it's appropriate for the sermon. I think everything flowed pretty good with the thank you for giving to the Lord. We should be a thankful people for what God has done in our lives. Whether we feel it or not, He's a good God. The Sacrament of Thanksgiving. Today, I make my Sacrament of Thanksgiving. I begin with the simple things of my days. Fresh air to breathe. Cool water to drink. The taste of food, the protection of houses and clothes, the comforts of home. I pass before me the ministries of my heritage, the fruits of the labors of countless generations who lived before me, without whom my own life would have no meaning. The seers who saw visions and dreamed dreams, the prophets who uh, sent a truth greater than the mind could grasp and whose words could only find fulfillment in the ears which they would never see. The workers whose sweat has watered the trees, the leaves of which are now for the healing of the nations. The pilgrims who set themselves for lands beyond all horizons, whose courage makes paths into new worlds and far-off places. The Savior whose blood was shed with a recklessness that only a dream could inspire and God could command. For all this, I make an act of thanksgiving on this day. Amen. God bless you all this week. Have a great Thanksgiving.